0: Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, this is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Today's
1: Blitz Rewind starts now. So where are you on this Miles straw Chaz McCormick debate? Do you think McCormick should be an everyday guy now? No. I. I the thing is, you're talking about a guy who's going to be
2: batting eighth for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, what difference is it going to make? I don't know what's more bougie is his bidet. <laughs> <laughs> or Astros fans arguing about the eighth hitter in the lineup. That's a
1: first-world problem, isn't it? Uh, yes. I mean... Yeah, go ask the Rangers how they feel about yeah. their eighth hitter. The Astros have seven guys who could hit third in the Rangers lineup right now. Did the Texans know that they play in a retractable roof stadium? Where they never open the roof? Where they never open yeah. the roof. And also, one of the teams in their division, Indianapolis, plays in a dome. So more than half of the Texans' games every year are going to be guaranteed inside. So weather should not be a factor, yet you get the assistant director of player personnel saying, the reason we fell in love with Davis Mills was because he could throw the ball in the rain. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. Hour number three of the Blitz... Alongside Fred Fower, I am Brad Kellner filling in for A.J. Hoffman today. We've got Aaron Raybold behind the glass, twisting and tweaking the dials, making it happen. We appreciate y'all spending some or all of your Tuesday afternoon with us. Coming up in about 12 minutes, we'll talk college football playoff expansion. Apparently there's a new proposal out there that is garnering a lot of buzz amongst a lot of important college football people. So Fred, I want to pick your brain and get your thoughts On the possibility of college football playoff expansion. But uh, right now we'll talk a little Houston Astros baseball. By the way, before we get into the Houston Astros. And they're about to open up a three-game series at Fenway Park against Boston. Did y'all hear uh, Kristaps Porzingis on with the bench this morning? That was pretty spectacular. He came on and gave a long 15-minute interview. Talking about his relationship with Luka Doncic. Uh, Apparently Kristaps is unhappy. And he feels like he's an afterthought in Dallas. So... If you missed it, check it out, ESPN97.5.com. Check out the podcast page. It was uh, absolutely hilarious. All right, Fred, Astros baseball getting set to uh, open up a three-gamer against Boston. The Red Sox out for revenge after last week. They haven't left. They haven't left. They have left. They haven't lost. Since the final game of that three that four game set here at Minute they've won five in a row. They swept the Yankees over the weekend, and they beat the Marlins in a makeup game yesterday. Framber Valdez, Martin Perez, the pitching matchup. Perez, longtime Texas Ranger, has been very good, like surprisingly good against the Astros over his career. He's been a very average pitcher throughout uh, his pro stint, but uh, has great numbers against Houston. Pitched seven and two thirds scoreless innings last week here at Minute That was Boston's only win in that four. Game set. Uh, the Stros and Red Sox getting set to go tonight. Michael Brantley back in the lineup. That's the big story. Hitting sixth and will play left field.
2: Yeah, and uh, Mus Diaz goes on the uh, injured list uh, after getting hurt over the weekend. Don't know how long he's going to be out. That that's that that's a guy who has been a useful piece for you as a as a regular fill in, except for the fact that he's never been able to stay healthy. Now it's not really his fault that he gets hit by a pitch, but. You know, it, it's kind of a shame because that's a versatile dude. But getting Michael Brantley back is a win. You should get Lance McCullers back. I, I'm pretty sure he's got a rehab uh, start coming up with the Skeeters here pretty soon. So getting close to healthy. And, uh, you know, fun series to watch whenever you play against Boston. But uh, uh, Red Sox playing well. Astros are playing pretty well. So we'll, we'll. I'm curious to see how it plays out.
1: You've been to Fenway before?
2: I have been to Fenway, yeah um it, it's a cool experience i mean i think yeah i there was a time obviously from the newspaper days where i got to go to a lot of different events and i've been to a lot of pretty much om- almost every college football uh stadium that i want to go to except for penn state where my daughter now goes so i'm going to try to make a trip up there there you go uh, i've never been there uh baseball wise i've been to most of the i've been to fenway been to wrigley um i, I still think my favorite park is uh it was pnc at the time i don't know what the hell they call it now in san francisco uh pnc's pittsburgh uh, pnc's pittsburgh
1: at&t was san francisco now it's oracle park it's oracle now but mm-hmm. it
2: was it was something else before that okay uh but it was uh uh that place is is probably my favorite it's beautiful um and you know what? I haven't been up to the new Ranger Stadium yet. I want to do that, but I didn't hate the last Ranger Stadium. It was just, yeah, it was SBC. Thank you, poor Marine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, pre and t yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, which is what it was when I went there. But I'd like to go see the new Ranger Stadium. But I've been to Yankee Stadium. I've been to, to Fenway. I've been to Wrigley. All, all, all the cool places. Uh, Bush Stadium in, in, in St. Louis, which, hmm. uh, is, is kind of a must if you're a baseball fan. Yeah. Um, that, that's such an incredible, experience uh kansas city's pretty cool um but yeah i mean it's it's worth doing i mean it's not the sexiest place in the world but it's just you walk in it's like wrigley there's just this history to it and you know it's like going to visit the liberty bell Mm. is what it's like You're, you're seeing a piece of history
1: are you a bucket list guy are you one of those guys who wants to get to every stadium before he dies no
2: i i you know what uh i've kind of I've been fortunate enough to go every place I ever wanted to go. I've seen every sporting event I ever wanted to see. So I don't really have anything left that I haven't done. And Pac Bell before AT&T. Thank you, the trap people. Oh, That's what it was. I knew there was a P involved somehow, but I'm <laughs> old and I drink a lot. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I don't really have anything left. Yeah, like I said, I'd like to go see the new Rangers stadium. That won't be too hard to do. Mm-hmm um you know I, i'd i'd like to do a few things again like i'd like to go to a, another night game at lsu it's been a few years that's so much fun um you know i'd, I'd like to i I, used, I i one of my favorite college football experiences was going to a tennessee game uh, other than rocky top playing every 18 seconds it's an incredible experience <laughs> or they
1: do the boomer sooner thing where they uh pretty much play yeah, that but, song. but it's rocky top yeah. oh man
2: uh but that's a great experience and i wouldn't mind doing that again and um, you know, and going to, going to the big house, yeah. uh, which again, uh, but I mean, I've, but I've been everywhere that I want to be and it's, it's the same thing with racetracks. I've been to every racetrack that I could possibly want to go to. So, uh, I'd like to do some stuff. Like I'd like to go see a Chelsea match in England. I'd like to go do a, uh, I'd like to go to Ascot there for horse racing. I'd like to go to Australia for the Melbourne cup or something like that. But otherwise, man, I gonna can, be asking world cup. Uh, World Cup here, yes. Mm. World Cup Qatar, no, no. And I've actually been to the World Cup. I was, I went to one of the games when I were here in ninety what, ninety four. Is that right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. So yeah, that that again, that one's not really on my list anymore. So
1: yeah, you got to get to the gilf, man. I remember my first time inside the gilf. It was uh, an unforgettable experience. Do you guys call it that on the show? Globe Life Field, the new home of the Rangers, uh, is uh, the gilf. No, I, I haven't. I haven't been there yet. Oh, man. So it's uh, it's fun. I was there for a World Series game last year. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Dodgers yeah. raised Game 4, the, the mm. walk-off win for Tampa Bay, the crazy game where Rosarena fell around mm. third and ended up scoring. That was pretty nice, but uh, I like the old digs as well. So
2: Yeah, I, I, I haven't gotten up there yet, but I'm, I might this summer. At some point, I'll, yeah. go, I'll go up to Lone Star to do some gambling. And I usually go. work in a baseball game when, when I'm there. So I
1: love that. So, uh, yeah, Miss Diaz out six to eight weeks after suffering a fractured hand from a hit-by-pitch. By the way, it was an Aggie who threw that pitch, Ross Stripling. I have to mention that as a... Uh, Texas grad. I feel like that's a requirement there. But uh, how do you think the Astros will fare without a Diaz? Now that Michael Brantley's back, hopefully this lineup could stay healthy. I mean, a Diaz, he's the most versatile guy on this team. And what he gives you is, well, if anyone needs a day off, you've got Diaz. If anybody gets hurt, you've got Diaz. The guy can play pretty much every position, but without him, an opportunity for a Taylor Jones or Robel Garcia. Maybe we see Abraham Toro back up with the big club. Oh yeah, what are you thinking? The uh, the Astros do, and what do you want to see from this club without Edmundo Diaz for a couple of
2: months? Well, I mean, and again, it's just like us arguing over who's batting eighth earlier. I mean, it, it it's it's a nice guy to have on your team. He get he can play a lot of positions. You can give guys days off. Uh, I don't know how you necessarily replicate that. I mean, Miles Straw has played infield before, so maybe move him around a little bit. Although that's not ideal. I think maybe Toro is is your guy. But you're again, you're talking about a guy who you want to play a couple times a week. Uh Diaz because he's got a better skill set, you can play a little more, but you know, from a health perspective, he, he really hasn't been there enough. So, um I, I don't think it affects things too much. I think Brantley being back um get your outfield to where it's closer and now what you can do is use one of your extra outfielders uh you know, they they can they can DH, you can move Straw into the infield sometimes and let or let Altuve DH and do things like that. I mean, I I don't think it's going to be a huge impact. Mm -hmm. I I hate seeing him hurt because I like the guy and, and he's useful to have. You don't really have one of those in the
1: minors though. No. Dusty Baker said, quote, somebody else has to step up. This gives somebody else a chance to prove themselves and also to add their value to this club. I don't know if you can really replace what Diaz does. Everybody else just has to pick up more of the slack and do more themselves. That's the bottom line. End quote. And I agree with Dusty 100%. What type of reaction from the fans at Fenway? Are we expecting tonight? It's the first time the Strohs have made it up there since a couple of years. Yeah. Since obviously the scandal and, I, and that I'm, came I'm all sure out.
2: Sure, there'll be a little bit of. Yeah, uh, I mean, though, I mean, everywhere they go, they're going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the, it's not like the Red Sox hands are clean in this. I mean, they they've they've had their own issues, and you know, I that's I, one of those where if I'm them, I'm not I'm I'm not saying a whole hell of a lot because I know I have. Yeah, it, it, it's like. I'm a mob boss, and I'm uh, meeting with a mob boss who's been busted by the cops. I'm not going to talk crap to him because I got bodies buried. Mm.
1: So It's just amazing to me that the Red Sox got away with firing Alex Cora for one year and then bringing him back, and nobody batted mm. an eye. Like if the Astros tried to bring back A.J. Hinch. I, I wish
2: they would have. I mean, no offense, Dusty. Uh, and, and, and honestly, I'll, I'll say this, and I've said this before, Luno was the bigger loss. I wish they'd have brought Luno back. Yeah. And managers managers have very little to do with the success of a baseball team. But a good GM like that, those are hard to find. And I don't know what James Click is as a GM yet. I just haven't, I haven't seen enough to say, yeah, he's going to be able to make the moves at the deadline they need to make. Or, you know... That he's going to be able to keep this roster going at the level it's going. Because uh, all he's really done is not <laughs> sign George Springer. Mm-hmm. Did
1: bring Brantley back. He did. But I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. Because at a moment, it looked like he wasn't coming back. But uh, I wish he addressed the bullpen hey, a little have, bit more.
2: Have we played this before? Or is this new? No, we've played this. Okay. I probably wasn't listening before.
1: <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty <laughs> good. It's the Blitz. The Astros and Red Sox are underway at Fenway Park. Top of the first 0-0. We'll give you score updates throughout the remainder of the show. He's Fred Fowler. I'm BK. Brad Kellner filling in for A.J. Hoffman. Coming up next, college football playoff expansion is definitely happening at some point. But how much expanding are we about to do? Apparently there's a new proposal that a lot of schools are very high on, but a lot of fans might hate. We'll tell you what that is next on the Blitz. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. I don't know. Going down, going down,
0: going down the rabbit hole. And I I don't know. This is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You're listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN
1: 92.5.
0: Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman.
1: Hey, if you signed up for our ESPN 97.5 listener email, you can get the latest information on what's happening with your favorite radio station, including upcoming events, giveaways, and a chance to be highlighted as our listener of the week. at ESPN 97.5.com. And subscribe now. It's the Blitz alongside Fred Fowler. I am BK Brad Kellner filling in for AJ Hoffman today. AJ will be back on Friday. Shout out to the Twitchers, man. Shout out to all the Blitzers out there for being so welcoming over the last couple of days. But uh, really enjoy what y'all do, Fred, with the Twitch interaction during the break. Really cool opportunity, really cool way to interact with the show. If you haven't checked it out, twitch.tv slash ESPN uh, 97.5 really cool what y'all built with that thing
2: yeah it's uh well we got a good group there and we've always had great listeners but uh the the twitch gives us something different to to mess with and i'm less embarrassed to be on the on there now that i have here so there's that
1: (laughs) oh wait that's next that's the end of the segment Uh, damn it damn it come on man it's a twofer. You're hooking up Dr. Linville. I'm sure he loves that right there. Well, it teased it before the break. By the way, Astros up one nothing. Carlos Correa a home run in the top of the first inning. They reviewed it for a while. It was borderline fair, borderline foul, but uh, ultimately the umpires ruled it fair. So Carlos Correa a first-inning bomb for the Strohs. It is nothing still in the top of the first at Fenway Park. We'll give you score updates throughout the remainder of today's show. But uh, teased it before the break. College football playoff expansion. It's happening. I mean, in every sport, we have playoff expansion. We never have a reduction in the amount of playoff teams in any sport. We always get expansion, and we knew at some point this was going to happen. But uh, apparently, Fred, there's a new proposal out there that is starting to generate some buzz amongst some of the important decision makers in college football. Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports went around and interviewed a number of people, and we're about uh, a couple of weeks away from a very, very important time in college football where a pair of college football playoff meetings are going to take place. And there's a chance that they make a change to the CFP this year. Now, there's a 12-year contract that they signed eight years ago, but if every party agrees to get rid of that contract and expand the CFP, then it can't happen. But apparently, Fred, conference commissioners, ADs, and TV partners are starting to favor a t- 12-team playoff. So we've heard a lot about eight teams, but apparently 12 teams is starting to gain more and more popularity Are you in on that, a 12-team playoff for college football? Um, Tell me the structure of how that would work. So in the current four-team college football playoff model, all four teams are an at-large. And in the eight-team model that's being proposed, you're hearing a lot of, well, five or six of the bids will be automatic bids, right? You'll give your five... Power five conference champions and at-large bid. And then you'll have a couple, or excuse me, an automatic bid. And then you'll have a couple of at-large bids as well. Apparently there are some schools and some conferences that are uncomfortable for that, with that, because right now you've got four at-large bids. If you go to that 18 playoff with six automatic bids, then you reduce the number of at-large bids. So there are conference commissioners and ADs that want more at-large opportunities for the smaller schools out there. So my guess is it would be you get your Power Five champions in there, but then you've got seven spots for the G five and for at large bids from those Power Five conferences.
2: I don't need more than one spot for the Group of Five. Um, I, I like I like if you're going to do it. I like the eight team model. Uh, you go with your your Power Five champs. Your I mean, how 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 many times are you going to need more than two at larges? Uh, because it, it, we're talking about four teams now. You're always going to have the SEC champ in there. You're, you're always probably having Clemson in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two are in anyway. So the years that you've had Alabama-Georgia, well, guess what? Georgia would still get in. It wouldn't affect anything. Um, so uh, if you're going to expand, I think that's the model I would like the best. You, do, um, you definitely do your Power 5 champions, but you also put a, a restriction on that group of five. You need to be top 15. Because I don't want Northern Illinois in there. Right, it needs to be a team like a Memphis or or a UCF or somebody like that who actually could be competitive.
1: You can't have a two lost G five team in the college football playoff. Right, like they just won't deserve their spot. Right, I'm always in favor of playoff expansion. I get a lot of flack for this, but I just love playoff sports. Any sport, like I want more of it, and so I'm I'm on board with college football expanding beyond four teams, and I'd be okay with twelve. But you have to have some stipulations. I
2: just I think 12 is too many. And, you know, I know that that might give the University of Texas a chance to get in. Oh, so that's probably no. why you're for this. No, they need more than that, sadly. Uh, but you know what? Aggie would have gotten in if it were 12 last they, year. They would
1: have gotten in if there were five last
2: year. Uh, they would have gotten in if there were eight. So yep. the I, I think, you know, I, I mean, most of the time it's not going to matter. You wind up, there's only two teams that can win it every year. But, you know, if you expand it. Then, then I would say eight works. Twelve is just I don't know. It's and and IoT is a good thing. You have got to incrementally get it to twelve. Mm. And I think maybe that's the way to do it. If you get it to eight first, but I mean we're not going to eliminate any discussions. Instead of arguing over who's fifth or fourth, we're going to be arguing over who's ninth. Right. It's just going to be like basketball. Um, I don't mind expanding it. I just don't want to see. I, I think the problem is, you know, as long as Alabama is Alabama and. Clemson is Clemson, Ohio State's Ohio State, yeah. and Oklahoma's there. I mean, it's going to be three of those four teams every year,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it's not going to change anything because realistically, only two of them can win it. And I, I just I, I think expanding it to twelve, in theory, you increase the chance of Alabama getting upset by. I'm assuming if you did twelve, you'd have buys for the first four. So Alabama would get, you know, the lowest seed of or whatever however you structure it. Mm-hmm. They're still going to beat them by 60.
1: Yeah. I mean on paper that's what a 12 team playoff would do, right? It just give more diversity. It give more teams a chance to actually make the college football playoff, but ultimately it feels like this is a three team sport right now. And there's always a bunch of teams fighting for that fourth spot, right? Oklahoma, Georgia, LSU sometimes in the mix, but it feels like Alabama, Clemson and Ohio State have those? Well,
2: there's, there's always one kind of rotator in. Like yeah. LSU had that incredible season. Auburn uh, can do that sometimes. There's, there's always one other SEC team in the past that's been Florida uh, that can kind of crack that. You know, every other every three years or so. But realistically, it's always two SEC teams. It's Clemson and then it's usually Ohio State mm-hmm. uh, or Oklahoma, and it's just it's boring. I mean, nobody wants to see that anymore. But I mean, are we really? doing anything different if you make it 8 we're still going to wind up with now maybe Oklahoma doesn't get in the top 4 you know maybe they lose in the first round instead of the first round yeah they always lose <laughs> yeah, in the first yeah. round yeah. yeah they get
1: there uh, all the time but they oh, don't yeah. do anything yeah. when they get there
2: so and, and since I like the idea of the top 4 teams being rewarded with the bye that kind of keeps your format that you have now a little bit by rewarding the best four teams so i i mean that makes sense and and generally, it always feels like people are fishing for some magical run, like what happens in March Madness. But everyone knows it's not going to happen in football. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the thing is, when you've seen upsets in college football at the highest level, it, it, it's pretty rare. Like, like the whole Boise State against Oklahoma thing. Well, if that were a playoff game, I don't know that we would have ever seen that. No. I mean, that game meant so much to Boise, and and boy, one of the best betting angles over the last few uh, last few years has been. First time New Year Six team against team that was supposed to be playing for a national championship. Yeah, just and just lost. Out. Yeah, like UCF the first year they mm-hmm. were in. money in the bank. Uh, Texas Texas against Georgia, frankly, money in the bank. Yeah. Georgia thought they were going to be in the playoff, and uh, and so yeah, you know, all of those. Although I don't think they beat them because Georgia was not motivated the way most of these things are. Uh, the best bet I think I ever made in my life: Utah against Alabama. Oh, yeah. Alabama 11-point favorites. How about that? Money-lined Utah for that very reason. And and so people point to those games and say, well, this is what can happen. It's like,
1: "Mm, not so fast. It's rare. And if it does happen, if you get one upset in the college football playoff, if they expand it to 12 teams, well, that same team will have to upset two more teams to win a national championship. Like, those are historic upsets that you're talking about. And if we get something crazy like an App State over Michigan – well, they've got to win two more games, and that's never going to happen. So, uh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You you, you might
2: occasionally get one where somebody uh, upsets the five seed. You know, right? And but, that happens. Look like in college but, football, but then those guys are going to get their ass kicked when they play Alabama anyway. Yeah, you're probably right. and has um, so mentioned UH versus Florida State. That's another great example. There you go. Um, and as a UH guy, it's like, yeah, that that game meant nothing to Florida State. Their guys were already going pro, and it meant everything to UH. Yeah, and then. And and Largo is talking about app state, man, dude. That's you, you want to talk about how rare that is. I mean, I mean, you're you're talking about an outlier. That's like the same guy who tells me you can get a quarterback in the sixth round and uses uh, Tom Brady as an example. Uh, those don't happen very often. And that Michigan team wasn't really a playoff team that they beat, right? Now I'm so, in favor, of- yeah. And and so I mean, what he's saying is like, don't act like it never happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, it could happen, but it's not going to. I don't I don't see a 12 seed going through and winning two games in this thing. I'm with you. I'm in favor that's of all.
1: college football playoff expansion. I do think eight is the perfect number, but when you look around at the rest of the sports leagues, 53% of NBA teams make the playoffs every year. 51%. Well, and,
2: and, that's, and, and that's one of the things that's in favor of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, the problem is I think there's too many teams in the playoffs in most sports. I mean, hockey's 50%, NBA's 52%. Baseball's gotten to where there's too many teams in. The NFL's expanding. Uh, but with college football, theoretically, you're talking about you know over 100 teams eligible in, in Division One, and only four spots. Mathematically, that doesn't quite add up, but it's also more realistic.
1: Yeah, and there's always the argument of, well, if you expand the playoffs, you're devaluing the regular season. And that's one thing that college football purists absolutely love, right? The diehards love how important every single game is. And if you lose one game, even if it's week one, your season might be done. So there are a lot of people who would not be in favor of expansion because of that, but uh, I think it's inevitable. Eight teams to me makes the most sense. It sounds like you agree, Fred, but uh, a 12-team version is being discussed right now, so, so
2: in this twelve-team version, are we getting more than one non-power five school in there?
1: It just says in the proposal from Pete Thamel's article, it just says six automatic bids and six at-large bids. So I assume you have the okay, five power five yeah. conference and then one see, automatic. For the G5. I, I
2: see why. I, I see how they're trying to work this, mm-hmm. and I just want to tell you it's a bull bleep. <laughs> they're trying to say, oh well, right now you have four at-large teams. And we don't want to cut down on that. But realistically,
1: those guys are going to be on there anyway. Yeah. That's how it goes. So, yeah. All right. When we come back, we'll have some fun. Yeah. Rumors about a movie that I think you are either absolutely going (laughs) to love or absolutely going to despise. So I want to get your take on this. But uh, you got something for the people here, Fred.
2: Yeah. Before that, I I want to respond to this texture. oh says, why are you guys so negative? First off, nobody's being negative. Um why are you so defensive uh why not let it happen and see what happens Clemson and alabama weren't anything 2 decades ago give other schools a chance and make it fun you know i'm i'm going to i'd be willing to bet a small child you're an oklahoma fan mm. or a texas fan or or some somebody that's not getting in otherwise so uh and then jason asking but haven't been able to catch the show today any thoughts on tonight's avs knights game like the over i don't have a side on that all right I do have a side on Dr. Linville, and that side is go and see Dr. Linville. Get your hair fixed. It's that simple. You know what? Father's Day coming up, and maybe your dad, how about you go and and set it up where he can get a new head of hair from Dr. Linville? And it's not even new hair. It's his own hair. What he does is he removes it from the back of your head and puts it to where you're missing. And uh, all you got to do is go to 975hair.com and set up your free consultation and just talk to him. And while you're talking to him, take a look at his hair. Because guess what? He had it done, and his hair looks fantastic. These aren't hair plugs. This isn't some goofy thing. This is your real hair. And Dr. Linville's been doing this now for a while. In my case, it took 2,451 follicles because I was almost completely bald. Well, most of you guys aren't going to need to do that. Most of you guys can get this done less. Maybe you just want a little touch-up. And there's nothing wrong with it, man. I mean, it's it's cool to have your hair back, have your confidence back, and you can get it done at 975hair.com. He will take care of the blitzers he always does lots of guys have done it you can be the next one some of you guys look great bald don't worry about it but those of you who don't 975
0: hair.com you're listening to espn 97.5 The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred
1: Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. Father's Day is coming, so get your dad roses. That is Four Roses bourbon whiskey. To help celebrate, ESPN 97.5 and The Blitz are having a Father's Day tasting event hosted by Fred and A.J. featuring Four Roses bourbon whiskey The event will be in the ESPN 97.5 lobby on Wednesday, June 16th from 7 to 9 p.m. And right now is your chance to win a spot for you and a guest. We'll do this giveaway, 641. We'll go five minutes from now, caller number 236. Can you count that high, Aaron? Does that work for you? Now we'll go caller number four. We'll make life easy on Aaron. So uh, be ready for that in five minutes. Call in for your chance to uh, be a part of that Father's Day tasting event with fred and aj that's gonna be pretty fun fred that's a great idea
2: yeah and i want to make it clear we're not tasting any fathers mm. it's just a you know it, it's four roses so yeah it's gonna be fun and uh uh
1: your chance to hang out with us for a little bit we're not tasting any fathers that's great i feel like that should be a drop for you guys moving uh, forward uh, uh, well, you know things change though oh okay depends on the fathers who come in here is that what you're saying uh, you know if they're if they're handsome we mm. can talk there you go hey let's have some fun we've done a lot of sportsing today. But uh, I want to get your take on this because I know you're a huge fan of Rick and Morty, the television program. Four seasons so far. Season five, Around the Corner. It's an incredibly popular show. It's got a cult following, to be quite honest. I've seen a couple of episodes. I think after uh, working with you for a couple of days, I've got to go home and watch a few more.
2: Well, What I will tell you is just go watch season three, episode three. If you don't think it's the funniest thing you've ever seen, then you don't need to bother watching it. Okay. I could do that. The, the Pickle Rick
1: episode. The Pickle Rick episode. So when asked about the possibility of a Rick and Morty movie, the producer of the show, Scott Marder, said, "Quotes: I do think it'll happen. I do. It'd be daunting. I wouldn't be shocked if there's one that comes down the pipe someday. End quote. So as a huge Rick and Morty fan, Fred, are you in favor of the TV show being ultimately turned into a movie?
2: Um, here, here's my concern with this. Is I mean the, the show's been brilliant, and uh, you know, but we're only four seasons in. I I wonder long term if there's enough material, and I wonder if yeah, you know, I, I wonder if it's going to start if we're going to start seeing some erosion. Here's the other thing that's kind of happening: like all the writers who write these great episodes keep getting hired by other people, mm. and because they're like, oh wow, you wrote the pickle Rick episode here. You I get turned this.
0: myself into a pickle. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean that that. So that kind of concerns me long term. I think a movie could be contained enough, uh, but well, there's a, there's a hit for your astros, but I, i'm just I'm worried that it, it might be too much. I mean, I hope not, because uh, i I love the show i and, and but sometimes too much of a, a thing is not a good thing.
1: I asked you this during the break. There's been a lot of TV shows that have been turned into movies over the years. Do you have a favorite? Do you have one where they actually got it right, turning a TV show into a movie?
2: Uh, yes. And to me, it, and uh, one of the people on Twitch nailed it because we were talking about this. Marty was nailing it. Uh, I don't know if you, were ever, if you ever saw the series Firefly. Uh, one of the great cult series of all time. Uh, only 14 episodes. It was just incredible. And uh, then it got canceled, hmm. and so they made a movie separately to finish off the story. And the movie was called Serenity, and it was completely badass. And it finished off the story. It was uh, the the guy who's suddenly Josh Whedon, who directed it and wrote it, who now apparently is like one of the most hated guys on the planet. Uh, but it was it was fantastic, and to me that that's just there's not even a a debate. That's wow. the best
1: by far. It's called Serenity Now?
2: It's called Serenity. Okay. No, no, you're confusing that with science. Yeah, fiction. I think I am. But you need to go watch uh you need to watch the Firefly series, the fourteen episodes of Firefly. Okay. Which I would uh I would say is if you ever saw the movie Cowboys and Aliens, it's what it should have been, not what it actually was. Hmm.
1: Does the Blues brothers count? Because that was an SNL. Uh, yeah, I for a think while, right? uh,
2: well and if you could do that, Wayne's World needs to be on okay. there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the, that I, I would count that. Okay. Uh, Mission Impossible, maybe. I mean, the, the, those movies have been pretty good. How many have they made? Uh, they're getting
1: close to Fast and Furious. Two, yeah. Still, right? two, 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 I think
2: they are, uh, seven is the one that okay. is going to come out here soon that Tom yeah. Cruise lost his mind over and then eventually they got infected anyways. Uh, I forgot about that. Um, how about, uh, here's a good one for you. How about Star Trek? That's a great one. Yeah, I mean they made a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Astros scoring runs here. They are. All right. But uh Yeah, the uh Rain Man says Falcon heard the rumors trying to make the next Deadpool rated PG. No, that that's not true. Disney has already said that they will do it as R, so you're you're fine. And um H Town says uh Firefly and Serenity are must watches incredible. Okay. I, agreed. Um that's a, that's a good binge series if you've never watched it. It's uh, what's his face from Castle. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, he's also in the Rookie now. Plays that old cop in the Rookie. Um, I, I'm, I'm totally blanking on his name, but he's the main guy. You're Not talking about the
1: baseball movie, The Rookie, are you? No, no. Like the, Quaid no,
2: the channel the the one that's on uh, one that's on network right okay. now about a, a first year cop who's in his 40s. Why? Why am I blanking on his name? No. You're, the, a, you're, you're oh, the TV guy. Oh, here's another reason why you have to watch it. Okay. Uh, Nathan Fillion, thank you. How did I forget that? Uh, Morena Baccarin, who you might know from Deadpool as the hot girlfriend, Yo, plays a consort in Firefly. And that's the first thing I ever saw her in and thought she was the most beautiful creature I'd ever seen. She's totally on my top three. Mm. Uh, Did you
1: ever give your other two? I gave my three yesterday.
2: Well, Emma Stone is one of them. Oh, right, right, right. And probably just because of her voice, Lizzie Hale. Mm. So that's, that's probably my three right there.
1: You're okay with her spelling her name without any vowels. L-Z-Z-Y. Yeah, you know what? It's an interesting bit. It's,
2: it's the voice. It's the voice. Yeah, it's the voice. I'm a sucker for the voice.
1: I like that. Hey, the Astros are up three to nothing. Yeah. How about yeah. Martin Maldonado with a uh, two run single? Pleasant surprise there.
2: Well, you had back to back doubles, and that probably would have been a double if he was faster.
1: Anybody else on the Astros, that's a double. But uh, Maldonado yeah. is, is a yeah, long thing. That's single. not
2: what he's there for. No uh and brother bear asked what's your thought about the nevers i actually started watching the first couple minutes of it and then for some reason i ejected and i haven't gone back to it yet it's still on my when i go to hbo max it's still on my continue watching (laughs) but i haven't actually watched it so um no bald natalie fred shocked yeah she's i mean natalie's in my five still but um, you know, she's, she's dropped a little bit, bald, bald Natalie.
1: Random question. Do we know if Veronica Vaughn is still very attractive? Cause at one point she was one piece of ace. Uh, Any idea? I have no idea. Well, uh, some of my friends and I got it on with her at one, one point. I see. Mm-hmm. Together? Right. Uh, no, that's just what okay. Chris, Chris Farley says in the movie. Uh, uh, I wish, I wish I, uh, I wish I could make that happen. That would have been incredible. Uh, real quick here. We've got a survey. From YouGov talking about dating apps, they find that 1 in 11 Americans say they're currently using dating apps. You buy that 9% of Americans on the dating apps? I feel like that number 9% is of single Americans or just, just Americans? Americans in general. Uh, 9%? That feels low to me. It does. And I'm in my 20s, and I've got a lot of friends using them, so maybe it's just the people I hang out with are, are on them all the time. But uh, I think people are lying about that. Anyways, the most common response for why people use dating apps, 54% say to find an exclusive romantic partner. The second most popular response to have something fun slash interesting to do. The third most popular response to have casual sex. And by the way, for men, that answer was number two. For women, that answer was number eight. I don't think that's a big surprise right there. But another answer on this list was uh, to cheat on a significant other. Apparently 6% are using dating apps to uh, Really? Go with the uninvited hall pass bit.
2: Hmm. So there you go. I mean cuz I'd never do anything like that in, unless I was like say, in Vegas or
1: you know. You got to be careful out there. Or or anywhere. Yeah. A Wednesday. <laughs> ah, <stop. laughs> Any day that ends in y. Unreal. It's the blitz. Ugh. Throws up 3-0, still threatening. In the top of the second inning, making Martin Perez work a little bit. We'll give you one more score update before we get out of here. He's Fred Fowler. I am Brad Kellner filling in for A.J. Hoffman. We've got Glenn Davis, apparently a little crosstalk coming up. Soccer matters, taking over these airwaves at 7 o'clock. So uh, we will talk to Glenn next here on The Blitz at ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.
0: Is the blitz on ESPN 975 listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman.
1: Oh, the Astros piling it on. The Boston Red Sox, 4 to nothing. good guys in the top of the second inning. Still only one out in the top of the second. Carlos Correa, an RBI double. The Astros have runners on second and third. So still threatening here early against Boston Uh, Picking up exactly where the Strohs left off against the Red Sox last week. A great start for the good guys. It's the Blitz. I'm BK Brad Kellner filling in for A.J. Hoffman. We, of course, have Fred Fowler. We've got uh, Aaron Raybould behind the glass as well. And also, we've got a little crosstalk right now. Coming up next on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 is Soccer Matters with our man Glenn Davis. And apparently, we've got Glenn right now. What's going on, Glenn? How you doing, man?
3: Brad, how are you, BK, and uh, Fred, how are you? Good to hear you guys, and uh, thanks for having me on the show.
1: Yeah, man, as always,
2: there's uh, there seems to be something going on in soccer all the time now that uh, that I want to get you on and talk about before uh, Soccer Matters started, uh, starts, and of course, you are the soccer genius of the universe, so uh, oh. uh, one of the things we've been talking about is fan behavior, and, <laughs> and and we've seen a lot of bad behavior in NBA games and things like that, and then we had the, the incident the other night at the, the U.S. game, which kind of marred. What an incredible save that kid made, uh, which I'd like to hear your thoughts on, too. But uh, uh, I just kind of shrug when I see that because it's kind of been part of soccer for a long time. Or or am I wrong about that?
3: Uh, I think it's part of soccer in in, in some cases. It's certainly been a very consistent part of U.S.-Mexico matches. Um, You know, it's it's ugly. It's, it's, It's humans at their worst. Um, you know, can you imagine being there uh, throwing stuff uh, at soccer players with your 9- or 10-year-old kid, you know, and, and you see that happening? Um, you know, obviously, the only way to stop this stuff is 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 really penalize the national team. And in this case, I, I think a lot of this is coming from Mexico fans. Look, I'm sure there are probably some misbehaving American fans as well, but it's a little bit more tradition maybe uh, in Central America, Mexico, and South America. Um, it, it is ugly. Uh, I wish it was eliminated. It takes away from it, um, and the only way to really, I think, combat it, and and also the uh, you know the chant that is 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 used consistently that's offensive. The only way to stop it is is ultimately you're going to have to take a national team and punish them in a very big, very important. Very money-worthy match. That is the only way I see it's going to change. I heard they arrested a few people in Denver. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm trying to steer myself away from all that stuff. It's not my job to, to uh, you know, watch uh, and, and be the police uh, cop of how people behave. I, just, I, I think it's mirroring society in a little bit of a way right now where there's just all these people that want to really, really instigate and um, become divisive. But I don't want it to take away from what was a great U.S. performance, and at the end of the day, a very uh, intriguing, sort of twist-turning game between these two countries.
2: Yeah, because I I wanted to ask you about that, but it it it, just—it's also like you don't want to take away people's passion for the sport. You just, at some point, you gotta say, "Dude, there's a line here. Let's not cross it." But uh, uh, don't waste your beer. Yeah, no, no (laughs) kidding. You probably paid twelve dollars for that. But I mean, uh, but, you know. but yeah, talk about the performance by the by the U.S. men's national team and and, and how how much fun was it to, to see that uh, save on the penalty?
3: Yeah, look for me right now. It's just it, it it's so intriguing to watch these young guys who now in an unprecedented time for U.S. soccer are playing uh, okay on the Chelsea's of the world, the Dortmunds of the world, the Red Bull Leipzig's, the Juventuses. These are massive clubs. These, these are like the Yankees and the Boston Red Sox in the United States, the Astros, right? Uh, these are legendary soccer teams, and we got guys now that are playing on them that are 18, 19, 20, 21, actually getting experience, getting blooded. A lot of those guys got blooded into this Mexico rivalry in this game. But the the leadership coming from young guys like Weston McKinney, Christian Pulisic, it's off the charts. And, and when you see how young they are, you know, they look like a bunch of guys who had just won a Labor Day youth soccer tournament when they were sitting on the podium waiting to get the trophy, you know? <laughs> and then throw it above their heads. But if you really look out now, without getting over the top on this one result, you have the ingredients now to truly make a run at trying to win on your home soil the World Cup in 2026, which is quite a ways off. But it's a lot of time for these guys to develop uh, for club and country. So uh, I think looking out on the horizon, it's exceptional. Looking in the moment right now, I think the bar has to be set on Greg to the coach, and everybody involved. And healthy pressure now could really grow and catapult to another level, which this game needs in this country.
1: Glenn, I'm sure you'll talk about this on your show coming up, but a lot of people asking about Euros, which begin this Friday. Do you have a couple of teams that you like uh, in this UEFA European Championship this year?
3: Well, you know, I was watching Sky Sports today, and of course always you know, the England fans are, oh, you know, we're going to win it. <laughs> and uh, so, I, you know, there's, there's a lot going on. Um, there's... There's just so much intrigue that's going to go with this. By the way, we're, we're going to be hosting live shows out at uh, Hugh O'Connor's pub on I-10. Uh, so you've got Euros going on. You've got South American World Cup qualifying. Uh, you got Olympics. Um, you, you've got so many things going on. You've got Gold Cup coming to Houston. It's absolutely insane the amount of soccer that's being played. And, Fred, to your standpoint, um, Ethan Horvath, the guy who came off the bench, is not even a starter in Bruges and. Made all those great saves and saved the penalty on Guardado as well. Yeah, so, hey, when are you going to have the uh, road shows again? Okay, they start next Tuesday. We'll do four in a row on Tuesday nights. Uh, I'm going to do some really cool things. We're going to have guest hosts out there. You want to come out and guest host? I, right, I would love to.
2: Can... I was going to come see you anyway. So, uh, oh, okay.
3: yeah. You're going to come and guest host with me uh, uh, one of the segments, and uh, you know we'll finally have that cocktail we've been talking about. Um, but we're going to have jerseys that we're giving away, tickets, soccer balls, Uh, It's the official home of the Euros uh, for ESPN 97.5 and Soccer Matters uh, Daspit Law Firm, and it's Hugh O'Connor. So we're going to have a great time. We're going to have a bunch of college coaches come in there one night and do a bit of a forum. Uh, The coach of U of H, Rice, and Texas A&M are going to come in on the women's side. So we're going to do some very cool stuff, some educational stuff, but mostly just a great time.
1: Love it. Thanks so much for the time, Glenn. Have a great show tonight. We appreciate you joining us, man. Thank you.
3: Fred, thank you. Sorry for being... uh, so wordy. Oh,
1: no. That's that's why we love you. Come on now. There he goes. <laughs> it's radio. Davis. Uh, he's the best. Soccer Matters coming up next oh. here on ESPN 97, 5,
2: ninety-two five. Oh, man. Did you just see what happened there? Uh, the, they had the guy dead at home, and I think the catcher dropped the ball. Oh, man. Oh, they called him out,
1: but I don't think he had the ball. Six-nothing good guys. Houston that's, on top of uh, Boston here in the top of the second inning. Guys, it's been fun. appreciate y'all letting me sit in for a couple of days.
2: I uh, appreciate you, uh, coming in and uh, i hope this is uh you
1: know the beginning of a lot more opportunities me too me too he is fred Power for aaron raybolt across the glass i am bk brad kellner filling in for aj hoffman you'll be sure to uh, tune in tomorrow to all the shows here on espn 97.5 and 92.5 but thanks to everyone for being so welcoming to me over the last couple of days hope y'all enjoyed the show soccer matters coming up next until then hi bitches T.N. Ninety-seven-five. 97 5. 7. 9.